In this episode, I make a major announcement that involves you answer your questions about surviving hot yoga, the difference between paleo and primal, and the truth about carbohydrates. Let's go. Welcome, you're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and truths from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or fitness and fat loss to just living better and with more energy or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Hey, you're on air with Ella, and it's me, Ella. I have recorded this intro seven times, and my voice keeps cracking. <laughs> Like I'm in bad puberty. So I'm just going to keep talking. And if my voice cracks, it's because I'm going through puberty. So bear with me. All right, you guys, let me share some important updates with you before we jump into your questions. If you listened to episode 41 with Mira and Jason Calton and you wanted in on the $200 worth of groceries that they're giving away to people who buy their book, please remember that ends on Monday, August 31st. So really, really soon from now. So all that means is you have to buy the book by midnight on August 31st and submit the receipt. All of the instructions are at onairwithella.com. All right. Just a little reminder there. I know so many of you have done it already and you've already heard back and gotten your confirmation. And then the $200 in gift certificate starts going out September 1. All right. Another little tip or update. This is a podcast hack for iPhone users. When you're listening to the On Air with Ella show in the podcast app on your iPhone, click on that image and it will reveal the show notes links. That will take you to all of the resources mentioned in that episode. Because I'm not an Android user or particularly technologically gifted, I can't tell you how to do that on Android. Maybe it works the same way. But if you just click on the podcast cover art, it will reverse around and show you the links to the show notes. So every time I mention the show notes, the fastest way to get to them is to just click through on your phone like that. Of course, you can always go to onairwithella.com and search just by the episode number. Okay, I've got a really big announcement and I'm really excited to share it with you. It's going to be so much fun. But first, I want to say thank you. So I want to thank each and every one of you that keeps sending me love notes through the iTunes ratings and reviews and also people who are sending me topic ideas in iTunes rating and reviews, thereby killing two birds with one stone. Let me give a shout out to Michelle W. who said, a friend turned me on to this podcast a week ago and I've been listening to three to four of Ella's podcasts a day since then. I have learned so much from this podcast about nutrition, wellness, and fitness. I have referred a handful of friends to this podcast already and they love it too. I love the wide range of topics and the amazing guest speakers she has on the show. They range from nutritionists, athletes, doctors, writers, life coaches, trainers, etc. The list goes on. I feel like I should be paying for all of the things I am learning from this podcast. Just awesome. I'm addicted. Okay, so a couple things I want to pull out there. First of all, it is funny to read praise about yourself, but I wanted to, of course, be grateful and thankful to Michelle for taking the time to write that. But also she highlights two things that I think are really important. That is the range of the show because we are so not just talking about nutrition, not just talking about fitness. Really, if we were only talking about one thing, it would be mindset with all of those things fitting in underneath. But 
I need your ideas on who you want to hear from next. I'm getting very, very picky. I get approached every single day by people who have a program that they want to sell, and there's nothing wrong with that in the world, but I'm not here to bring people's products to you. I'm here to bring value to you, and then if they have a product that I want to support, then by all means, absolutely. So, I would absolutely love to hear from you as to specific people you want to have on the show or specific topics that you would like to hear covered on the show. So keep that information coming. And of course, iTunes ratings and reviews is the best place to do it because you kill two birds with one stone. So additional thanks to Diane, to Fred by Grace, Will Carter Mommy, Natasha Hensley, M Mill 19, and best name of all time in iTunes, Shells and Cheese. All right, you ready for my big announcement? Here's the story. I have been asked by you guys to share a little bit more about my journey and my life, and you want to hear a little bit more about my story and what led me to the space, and you know I'm not a professional nutritionist, I'm not a fitness expert, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm not selling you anything. So I know that some of you are like, well, where where did you come from? Why are you doing this? What's it? You know, what's the story here? And so I was trying to put together an episode that was just a little bit about me, but in a fun way, and I, I just didn't like it. I don't want to get on here and talk about me. I want to talk to experts and bring value to you. And then through the Q&A episodes, share some of my own experiences that may or may not be helpful to you. Well, the more I thought about it, I threw the idea of doing a show on my backstory out the window. And I decided that you are going to interview me. So one listener will become my interviewer. And it's so, so easy. I'll tell you about it in just a second. But this is your chance to interview me. Now, everybody can participate because everybody should send in a question. And I'll tell you about that too. So here's the story. I want you to send me a voicemail or a video one minute or less, okay, for the love, one minute or less, okay, video or a voicemail, literally with your iPhone, if you have good lighting in your video, I will delete it, because it means that you spent time on it, so I mean, you don't need to comb your hair, all right, just shoot me, I'm not going to publish it, and if I ever did, I would ask you first, but uh, take a video from your phone and send it to me, or go to onairwithella.com and just leave me a voicemail, and Either way, video or voicemail, under one minute, what you do is you just tell me your name, your location, and one question you would ask me. How easy is that? Your name, your location, and one question you would ask me, okay? And you don't even have to come up with all the other questions because guess what? Everybody else is. So if you just are terrified by the idea of sending me a video or in being my interviewer, then I still want the one question you want asked in the interview. And then I'll post them and we'll vote on them and and then we'll end up answering as many as we can, okay? So everybody can participate because you can, whether it is as the desired interviewer or as a submitter of a question, all right? All of the details will be with this episode at onairwithella.com. So go to onairwithella.com and search episode 44 and you will get all of these details. So, so easy, but there's a deadline. Send me a voicemail or a video by Monday, September 7th. That would be Labor Day if you're in the United States. September 7th, and again, your name, your location, and one question you would ask me in under one minute. Don't be fancy. Just send it. You know me. You know you don't have to dress this up. Just get it to me, and I will select 
one interviewer. And by the way, if you know me in my off air life, then jump on in. You have to do the same thing, but you're in this too. Okay. And then again, we'll all vote for the questions that make it on the air, whether you want to be an interviewer or not, send me your question. Okay. That's it for announcements. I'm going to jump in to your questions. The questions that I receive from social media or directly from my email. The first question is from Sam. Sam says, Ella, I am going to try hot yoga because I need a movement practice and I want the quote detox benefit of a really good sweat. Do you have any tips for a newbie? Well, yeah. And by the way, hot yoga is really actually quite beneficial from a quote detox point of view in the sense that one of your major detoxification pathways is of course your skin. There are few things that are as easy to get and as beneficial to attain as a really solid good sweat, especially if you're hydrated. So there truly are detox benefits that way. And honestly, just feel good benefits. It's a great, great uh, practice for people who are not ready to start running or or don't love a gym workout and that sort of thing. So yeah, I'm so glad you asked this, Sam, because first of all, it's so important to realize that anyone that does yoga or hot yoga was a beginner at some point. Like if everybody spent time being intimidated by starting yoga or hot yoga, then there would be a bunch of empty rooms. So the first thing to do is to just start. And what I love, and I'm not huge into yoga, I'd love to do it more than I actually do, but I am such a believer in it because it's such a good practice and it's it increases my agility and my flexibility and it helps keep me running and biking. So I'm a huge fan, but I'm no expert, okay? So that's why I love talking to people who are not experts because I can give you a very down-to-earth point of view here. So what does it mean? It means that you do yoga in a room that is between 90 and 100 degrees Fahrenheit, all right? And it's usually pretty darn humid too. And why would you do that? Because it increases, obviously, your sweat. It increases that detox benefit that I touched on. And it also can increase your range of motion because you're warm and you're supple. Now, does that mean you're more at risk of overstretching? Yes, you definitely, definitely can be. So some people are critics of hot yoga for that reason. But let's proceed under the hypothesis that hot yoga can be a very good addition or new movement practice for just about anybody. There are a couple things that I wanna share for newbies. I'm not going to spend any time trying to convince you to do this. I'm going to tell you some of the things that I wish I knew when I started, all right? My first tip is do not be intimidated. There are so many body types in any room. Maybe there are some exceptional practices where you go in and everyone looks like a yoga supermodel, whatever that actually is, but in every yoga or hot yoga class I have ever been to, there is every body type known to man and nobody is looking at anybody else at least after class begins because because the thing about yoga is if you pay attention outside of yourself, you will fail. You will literally fall over. You will not be able to do the movements that are required or asked of you. So that's one of the things I love about yoga. I don't care what I look like when I go to yoga. I don't care about anything other than staying laser focused on what the instructor is saying so that I can follow along and have any clue what's going on. And 
honestly, I would be shocked if anybody else had an experience other than that. So anyone who's ever been, they know what I'm talking about. So honestly, that fear keeps a lot of people away is they say, well, I can barely touch my toes, so I'll be embarrassed. You know, I hear a lot of men say, oh, I'm not flexible at all. I could never go to yoga. Well, guess what? (laughs) That flexibility is not going to increase by actually avoiding yoga. And it might be more helpful to think of yoga as just a stretching and agility and mobility class instead of a super fancy yoga class that sounds like it's beyond your interest or your capability. There's not a human being on earth that doesn't benefit when they start trying to increase their mobility, their agility, and their flexibility. All right. Now, not being flexible or not looking good in your tights or not loving the way you look in your workout shorts. These are not reasons to not go to a hot yoga class. Do not be intimidated is my first tip. Just go. Even if you are intimidated, just go and get over it. Get to a class and get through it. And you'll understand that literally nobody cares. All right, just get there. The second tip, of course, you know that if you're going to be in a room that's 90 to 105 degrees Fahrenheit, I'm pretty sure you know to bring water. Here's the bigger tip, though. Don't eat before, so don't eat within 90 minutes of going, but hydrate more than 30 minutes before and after. Do not count on that half hour or hour of yoga or 90 minutes even to be your period of hydration. You will sip from your water while you're there, but you need to go in hydrated. So if you are particularly dehydrated, that is not the day to try hot yoga. Seriously, you will feel like crap and you'll be mad at me. All right. This is for everybody. Tall, short, wide, narrow. I don't care how you're built. Please wear as little as possible and make your clothes as fitting as possible. All right. Does that idea alone freak you out? Get over it. When you go to yoga, you are going to sweat or when you go to hot yoga, I should say, you're going to sweat like you just got out of a pool. And if you are in a cotton t-shirt that is hanging and bagging around you and making you feel safe, you are going to feel like you are wearing a wet blanket, quite literally. So wear your snug clothes, remind yourself over and over again that Ella said, nobody cares, nobody cares, nobody cares. You can wear a tent as far as I'm concerned until you walk into that room. But right before you walk into that room, you want as little clothing and as snug a fit as possible. Trust me on that one. Okay, two more tips. Bring a long towel to go over your yoga mat. When I do normal yoga, I just throw my mat on the floor and I have at it. But when you do hot yoga, you want a long beach towel or a yoga towel to go over your mat so that you're not like on a slip and slide. which I would like you to picture for just one moment, me at my first hot yoga class trying to do things and then like slipping and sliding like I made my own water slide because I was so sweaty. And I actually just bought, I don't know what took me so long, it was like 20 bucks, but I finally just bought a yoga mat towel, which is just a towel made for yoga to go onto my yoga mat for hot yoga. And of course, I've been using a beach towel for months and months and the only difference is that the yoga towel is gonna be a little bit more grippy and a little less slidey. Okay. So I'll put a link to the one I bought. I just got it off Amazon. Again, I think it was 20 bucks and I'm going to link to that in this episode show notes. Finally, I want you to know something about yoga in general that is really important in hot yoga and should help you reduce the intimidation factor. The key in hot yoga is form over flexibility. So as you're thinking about this practice, or even when you're in the room doing it, it's not about how flexible you are. It's not about, well, she can do that, or he's not able to even get near his toes or anything of that nature. The form is 
everything. So if you get your form right and you listen to a good instructor, the flexibility will follow. So please don't go in there or stay away more to the point because you are quote, not flexible. That's missing the objective altogether. Go there and learn the form and the flexibility will follow. So if anybody goes and tries hot yoga for the first time and found any of these tips useful, you gotta let me know. And if you think of additional tips that I should share, then just shoot them over to me. I'd love to keep sharing on this topic. Okay, let's move on to another question that I received via email. And that is, what is the difference between paleo and primal? You've heard guests in the past reference both of these diets or lifestyles. And the truth is there's very, very little difference between paleo and primal, and certainly not enough of a difference to make a hill of beans difference as you are trying to figure out what type of nutritional plan will work for you and will work as a lifestyle for you. I will share a couple of distinctions that some people do make. Let me first talk about the commonalities. So both are real food-based diets with an emphasis on ancestral eating and saying, you know, if our ancestors didn't eat it, then we should think twice about doing so. They emphasize non-starchy vegetables, eggs, meats, seafood, fruits, but mostly berries and citrus versus some of the starchier fruits. They emphasize nuts and seeds and then really healthy fats. They are both kind of anti-added sugar, wheat, corn, soy, conventional dairy, low-fat fake foods, industrial oils like soybean oil and vegetable oil, and they are they have all of those things in common. Now, some people like to parse this down and say, well, paleo is much more strict about eating zero grains or beans or any dairy at all, whereas primal is a little more lenient and you can have some really well-sourced dairy or unpasteurized dairy, that sort of thing. These arguments are not worth Worth your effort. Yes, some people get super excited about what I will very crassly call the gnat's ass here when it comes to discussing the differences between these two. It's much more useful to focus on what they have in common. So if either of these speak to you, it's really about which resources you connect with, which recipes are easy for you to do or you enjoy doing, etc. So Melissa Julwan, my guest in episode 33, she wrote The Well-Fed Cookbook, which is also a very good overview of paleo. So that's one resource if you're interested in learning more about paleo specifically. Now, the primal recipes and the the primal blogs and that sort of thing, they tend to emphasize, and I'm generalizing here, but they tend to emphasize lifestyle more than just diet. So what's really important in the primal lifestyle is eat plants and animals, yes. Don't eat poisons, toxins, processed food, but there's a huge emphasis on moving your body, walking, that type of natural movement versus sitting all day, really good quality sleep. As Mark Sisson says, lift heavy things, go barefoot, play outside, etc. Now, these things are important to many people in the paleo movement as well. Again, guys, there's not enough of a difference here to even worry about it. But if you want to know a little bit more about the primal lifestyle, listen to episode 10 with Evan Brand, or go look at 
at Mark Sisson's Mark's Daily Apple blog or his Primal Blueprint book. I'm going to link to one of my favorite cookbooks in the world, which is the Primal Blueprints. Um, I think it's called the Primal Cookbook quick and easy recipes under 30 minutes. And the reason I love it is because of the quick and easy recipes under 30 minutes part. And I love looking at primal and paleo recipes because so many of them are dead simple because they rely on whole foods and not a lot of fancy stuff. And that's right up my alley. But those are two great resources. Melissa Julwan, Well-Fed, and then Mark Sisson. His blog is called Mark's Daily Apple. And then his, his primal blueprint series is a great series of books slash resources slash recipe books, et cetera, et cetera. I'll link to all of that in the show notes. At the end of the day, the commonalities are what's of interest here. Real food diets based on vegetables, proteins, and fats. Okay, so that's just a little quickie there. If you want more information there, you can leave me a comment or ask additional questions. I'd be happy to follow up. All right, let's talk about a big topic. This came in an email from Helen. And I loved her email because she said, in episode 25 with Dr. Sarah Solomon on on intermittent fasting, she says she only eats carbs at night. Aren't vegetables carbs too? I think I'm right in saying that at its simplest level, a food is either a carbohydrate, a protein, or a fat. There seems to be a general belief floating around that all carbs are bad, but this isn't technically true because vegetables are the best thing you can eat and are all mostly carbohydrates. It would be brilliant if that distinction could be made. Helen, you could not be more correct, and I'm so glad you called me out on this because I get lazy with this distinction also, and sometimes I say things that almost demonize carbs because I say, yeah, the, when I eat too many carbs, I get puffy and that sort of thing, and Helen Helen, guys, is exactly right. So the short version here is that people, including me, get very general and, like I said, even a little lazy and refer to carbs as if they're the bad food group and don't make the distinction between what we're really talking about, which is the difference between starches and sugars, which are carbohydrates, and extremely good for you carbs like, mm, I don't know, every single vegetable and fruit ever known, okay? So... I personally am not only not on a low-carb diet, but most of my calories come from carbs, all right? Because I'm on a plant-heavy diet. And this distinction, by the way, when you define carbohydrates, it's simply foods with most of their calories coming from carbohydrates versus fats or proteins. And then proteins, for example, are foods that derive most of their calories from protein and less from their fat and carbohydrate makeup. So for example, a single type of food could be either a fat, a protein, or a carbohydrate. Whole milk is an interesting example. 30% of the calories in whole milk come from carbohydrates, and 49% of the calories in whole milk come from fat. So whole milk is mostly a fat, so it goes into the fat bucket. And the calories in skim milk come from 53% carbohydrates and only 5% fat. So skim milk is mostly carbohydrate, so it goes in the carbohydrate bucket. Broccoli and every other vegetable is a carbohydrate because most of its density, most of its calories come from carbohydrate. There's no low-carbohydrate diet for people who are on a plant-heavy 
diet. I know these low carb diets are all the rage right now and they work really, really well for some people, by the way. And high protein, low carb diets can work very, very well, particularly for people who have a lot of fat that they're trying to burn off. But at the end of the day, my personal bent is toward a diet that's very, very high in non-starchy vegetables that have a lot of water or a lot of fiber or a lot of protein or some combination therein. So I eat mostly vegetables and plant-based things, which includes nuts and seeds and far too much nut butter, as you know, and fruit. And I don't count my carbohydrates, nor do I count my calories, incidentally. But I do try to minimize my starches and sugars. And sometimes you'll hear me refer to those as carbs. And that's where the breakdown occurs. Now, I'm active, so I'm not afraid of fruit. But if I were trying to get leaner or I was trying to reset after a period of indulgence or less fitness, you know, just trying to reboot a little bit, I might pay more attention to my fruit intake and keep my fruit servings to maybe two a day. Again, if I were trying to like incinerate some fat, and I might make different choices like picking berries and citrus and apples over maybe bananas and grapes or melon, some other higher sugar or higher fructose fruit. At the end of the day, though, it's refined carbs or processed food that are not my friend. So I do look and feel very different pretty quickly when I consume things that are starchy or sugary. And I had a long history of a low fat, high starch diet, and I lost two sizes when I moved these out of my diet. So I have never been what people would call overweight, but I have been two full sizes bigger than I am now. And I would say, you know, I guess puffy or thick or really just kind of uncomfortable. And I, two sizes melted off of my frame years ago when I moved the heavy starches and processed and refined sugars and things like pasta and commercial breads and chips and that sort of thing. When I moved those out of my diet and they became every once in a while items and most of my diet became water, fiber, and protein-rich carbohydrates, which is to say non-starching vegetables and fruits and and fish for me personally and great fats and when i when i just moved from these highly processed starches and sugars and even started paying more attention to the natural starches so i might be a little bit more conscientious about having sweet potatoes and rice in the same day i might break that up i, I don't i don't overthink it i just know that my frame tends to pack on a little bit more weight than i need if i'm overindulging in heavier starches, even when they're natural. And then you hear me say, oh, well, you know, when I cut my carbs, I'm leaner. And that's a complete misnomer because to come back to Helen's point, vegetables are carbohydrates and they are the single best thing you can put in your body, hands down, non-starchy vegetables. That doesn't mean there's not room for other things. I'm just saying if you are on a plant-heavy diet, you are not on a low-carb diet. And Helen makes a wonderful distinction. And I'm so glad that you called me out on that so that I could share the distinction with you guys. If you have any more questions about that, let me know and we can definitely deep dive into that one. 
Okay, guys, I want to keep this episode really near the 30-minute mark, so I'm going to stop here, but I would encourage you to send your follow-up questions or any new questions to me via email at contact at onairwithella.com or through the site or any of the ways I've mentioned here. And let me just remind you, go back and listen to the beginning of this and be reminded that I want to hear one question you would ask me in an Ask Me Anything interview with Ella. And I want you to share your voicemails or your videos with me if you maybe want to be the person that interviews me. So I cannot wait to spend that time with one of you and to hear the questions that you guys want answered from any of you, even those of you who don't want to be behind the mic, okay? So this will be fun. You can email those videos to contact at onairwithella.com or you can send them to me on Facebook. Any way you want to reach me, have at it. And don't forget the other action, which is to let me know what topics you want to hear and who you want to hear from. You can send that to me anytime. You guys go rock your day. Talk to you later. Okay, everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, just go to onairwithella.com where I put up links to all of the good stuff that we talked about today and more information about our guests and all the good stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. Thanks for listening and thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.